Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Happy New Year 2024, Pili Montilla. Feliz Año Nuevo. I am so excited. I don't know why. Well, I guess every new year, everybody has the same excitement, right? Everyone's like, oh my God, new year, new opportunities. I'm going to kill it this year. I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to lose so much weight. But I don't know. I feel like very, very good about 2024. I feel refreshed, Billy. Ooh, I feel refreshed. Good word. And excited about paying attention to details. And yes, the opportunities that arise and kind of taking advantage of those when they arise. Like, What does paying attention to detail mean for you? To me, it really means being thorough, like executing. And like if somebody says, hey, can you do this? And if I agree to it, I do it right then and there. I'm not going to procrastinate. I'm going to actually do it. And that way I'm not stressed out at like the last minute if it's a deadline or whatever. It's right. really just like take it by the horns and and really do it well, because that'll give me time to, like I said, pay attention to all the details, make sure I'm mm -hmm. dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's right. and really doing the good job that I'm supposed to be doing. So we're a week into 2024. Do you feel like you've already implemented that into your life? I'm starting because I'm all like, okay, I wanted to take New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, the Christmas mm -hmm. holidays. I wanted to really relax and just yes. like not do kind of anything. And I'm all like, okay, I'm going to chill. But now, yeah, ready to go. Woohoo! Like over the weekend doing my show on KCRW, I'm all like, okay, this is kind of like the last kind of chill, you know, before. Right. But it was kind of like the calm before the storm. Yeah, exactly. I'm all like, oh, tomorrow's Monday. Here we go. Let's go back. It's, you know, we're going to do Billy Rala La Musica. We got to record this. We got to do that. It was like this kind of sense of, of excitement. Yes. And we are super excited because we have great big plans for Pili Raul en la Musica in 2024. We are kicking off the new season in February. So that's super exciting. And also because we had an amazing 2023, we started back into the groove of having a monthly live event. Yeah. Uh, which, as everybody knows, that's our favorite night. Those of you who are listening to us right now who don't know this, but we do a monthly live event. It's sponsored by Makers Mark, and uh, it's where we invite, you know, around 75 people and we give them an amazing night. Thanks to Makers Mark. Um, we interview a band live. The audience gets to participate. They get to enjoy amazing Makers Mark libations. Yeah. And es una fiesta. A hosted bar by Maker's Mark and the cocktails are all curated towards the music of the artists and where they're from and just kind of adds to their story. Because really here at Pili Rolando Musica, it's really about the story behind that persona and that artist and their beginnings, where they're at, where they want to be. Like we said, it's always been more than just, okay, a new album, a new tour or whatever. Right. You know, it's really about these stories and the space and in a beautiful venue like the Gibson showroom, which is where we do these live events. It is. Just, it feels like we're at home, our home away from home. It really and does. Everybody that comes it really does. In feels that warmth and it, it allows for everybody to really participate, including the artists, including the guests, including the bartenders, the mixologists. Yeah. The whole team, the yeah. Gibson showroom team as well. Es una fiesta, es una fiesta entre familia, entre music lovers. And we were really excited because we closed out the series, the Pili Raula Musica en vivo, presentado por Makers Mark from the Gibson showroom 2023 with this amazing band from right here, Los Angeles. It's a band that we've known for a very long time. And they were so good, both with the interview and their live performance. We're talking about Las Cafeteras from East Los Angeles. 
They brought their best game to this interview. Oh, yeah. They were so open. They were so vulnerable. I mean, I love the part. You guys will hear it now, but I love the part when Hector goes, you know what? I don't think I'm the best singer and I got to deal with that. And that's a big insecurity that I have. But I face that fear every time I go on stage. And I was like, that's what I'm fucking talking about. Like, that's the type of real realness that we want. And Denise and him from from Las Cafeteras really, really showed up. And I'm so excited you guys are about to hear this interview. It could have been like they were playing to 18,000 people at the Hollywood Bowl, even though it was just 75 of us or 100 of us, whatever it was in the room. They brought it. It was like the massive, massive performance that you come to know, love and expect from Las Cafeteras without a doubt. You know, and like you said, he's not the best singer and he admits it, but his energy and the way they bring their show performance and everybody in the band, you get that feeling that it doesn't matter if there's one person or 18,000 people, they're going to bring you the best performance possible. And I think, I think he is a great singer. I think he has a very unique, (laughs) very unique sound. And I think he's explored it and he knows how to use it. And I think it adds a lot of flavor y colores y texturas to Las Cafeteras music. For me in the interview, and you're going to hear this as well, it blew my mind how many fantastic performances these guys have been able to do now. You know, playing at places like the Hollywood Bowl, different festivals around the world it's like oh my god we just think them as friends here that are local from the hood but they've gone on to do such massive things already that you kind of forget it's like when you hear an artist that you've known for a long time and you forget that they do this hit or that hit or this other song right i've been to many of those shows that they've done at these big venues and i'm all like oh yeah i forgot that you guys performed there how could i forget that how could i you know dude okay so this live performance was uh, mid-december and a week after that we're all on vacation right i'm on a road trip uh, I go to Paso Robles. I think it was like around Paso Robles area here in California. That's a beautiful, beautiful part of California. If you ever get a chance to go. And I went to a vintage store and you're not going to believe what I saw. So I'm at this vintage store and I kid you not, there's a signed poster of Las Cafeteras. What? From October 25th, which was my birthday of 2015, <laughs> a performance that they did um, Spanos Theater. At the Dolphin Bay Resort and Spa. Wow. Signed wow. by Look all at of them. Okay. How freaking cool is that? So, you guys, um, we're going to post this on Instagram so you guys get a chance to see it. Uh, but it was like very serendipitous, you know? It was totally. like, what? I was just with them last week. How cool is this? It, it's the kind of stuff that you can't write that. You can't script that. You know when things are just supposed to happen and meant to yeah. be. Yeah. Yes. It's like the universe is talking to you. I'm, I'm a true believer that, that if you throw something out, an idea or whatever it is, or you voice something, you got to act on it because 100%. it's going to come around. It's going to come around. It's kind of crazy, but it, it surely does. That's how it works. Bueno, but now I think we should kick this off. Let's do it. Maker's Mark presenta Las Cafeteras with Pili, Raul, en la música en vivo. From the Gibson showroom in the heart of Hollywood. Denise and Hector from Las Cafeteras. Welcome. Bienvenidos. Gracias, gracias. Every night I watch like Stephen Colbert and you know, you people that guests come on, I'm always like, how does that feel? I think this is kind of how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> Are you liking it? it? I, I like it. Right? I like when it. When you feel the energy. Well, I can see on the lights are in my eyes, but I like it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> but you all look great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone looks beautiful. I can't see you, so you all look great. <laughs> no, you're beautiful. It's showbiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, love showbiz. It. I love it. <laughs> 
We're so glad that you guys said yes to this opportunity. We love telling your story. And there's so much evolution as to how Las Cafeteras, your trajectory. But let's start from the beginning. You guys have such a unique story. You met and you created a band in a very organic way. You met um, in a culture, uh, un, un, una plaza cultural. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and in East LA. East, East, East and Northeast LA. Yeah, pero ¿cómo se llama? East LA Cafe. El East Side Cafe. East Side Cafe. East Side Cafe. And you guys were playing instruments together. You guys were learning together. Y de repente you form a band. How does that happen? It doesn't. Right. It doesn't, right? It doesn't. We actually met way before we started playing music. Uh, we met in college in like the early 2000s. Oh! <laughs> Yeah. Arr, arr. So, Cano uh, and I were in something called Mecha. Remember that? Go Mechistas. Back when it was called Mecha, and that was okay. Yeah. Um, este, and Hector was at, so we were at Casa de LA, and he was at Long Beach, and we just, we were. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. And we, uh, we were actually like student activists and organizers um, doing work on campus and outside the campus, and that's how we met. And so the music came way after um, with Mecha. Gano and I started um, organizing with some groups that uh, worked with Zapatistas out in, um, in, in Chiapas. And so we were co-founders of a space called the Eastside Cafe. And uh, we started playing music there. Like, I was actually living in Chicago. I was in grad school. Oh. Um, Hector started playing music there. I moved back when he got arrested at the South Central Farm. Hey. 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 Okay, let's stop there. Pause, pause. Why did you get arrested? Yeah, why do you get arrested? Oh, that's a long story. <laughs> we got plenty oh, of time. With oh. well, a short story. Somebody give him another drink. <laughs> oh, my God. There, I don't know if everybody remembers, in South Central LA, it was on 44th and Long Beach Boulevard. It was the South Central Farm. It was the largest urban farm in the country. And you had 120 families who were, who were farming there and cultivating and growing. And it was basically given to the community after the 92 uprising, the riots. There's a lot of what they call blighted neighborhoods. So they gave it a community, here's something, do something with it. And they did. But there was a backroom deal. And it was sold to a developer who then wanted to turn it into a, a Forever 21 warehouse. And, um, and there was this huge campaign, this huge fight to keep the farm. And everybody came out. Willie Nelson. Who's the homegirl from Kill Bill? Everybody came out. Everybody came out, and it was a, there's actually a wonderful documentary that almost won an Oscar, and it's called The Garden. So if anybody wants to like check it out, The Garden, it's a wonderful documentary about that. And there was a fundraiser there. Zach de la Rocha comes out. He comes, and he play, and he, and he hooks up with this Son Jarocha group called Los Cojolites, mm. who is playing with Quetzal and Marta, yeah. and he starts rapping. And uh, Natalia La Furcada now. What? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Natalia. I'm, still, I'm talking about 15 I'm just years saying. ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, you were, you were I'm just saying, like, who? Like. So, we, there was a day of action. We stopped bulldozers, and the cops came, and they arrested everybody so they could bulldoze the thing. So, it's like, it was a... It was crazy. So it did was, you get arrested or almost get arrested? No, we got arrested. And oh, okay. Denise is like in Chicago. And we were homies at the time. We were actually dating we at the dating time. dating at the time. I know. Wild, huh? That's another, <laughs> that's another podcast. That's another podcast. Sorry, Cynthia. Okay. It's another podcast. Okay. Um, that podcast is called Don't Start a Band With Your Ex. Right? <laughs> but that's another conversation. But... And at that time, we were all students of this beautiful folk music from Veracruz called Son Jarocho. And that's how we just started singing together, playing together, and we played everywhere. But were you guys musically inclined no, by then? No, no, look at me. We're not musically inclined oh. now. Does this yeah. look like a face <laughs> that plays music? What are you talking about? Super chulo, look oh. at you. Pleather, this is pleather. Pleather, pleather, pleather. Pero más bello. But, so here, here's a short story. It's a story maybe you might not know. So, Carl, this, this, this young musician who was cu coming up, her name was Carla Morrison. Anybody she, heard of her? Anybody heard of Carla? <laughs> yeah. So Carla's coming up. She asked Las Cafeteras to open up. And we play Echo. at the Echo. Mm -hmm. After the show, this Japanese man named Shin comes to us and says, hey, you want to go to Japan? And we're like, hell yeah. We want to go to Japan? And he says, do you have an album? And we said, no. And he says, do you have a music video? No. He says, do you have a website? No. He says, get me those three things and I'll take you to Japan. 
So then we're like, let's make an album. Nice. And that was the beginning. That's why we even did an album. We just wanted a vacation. We just wanted to go to Japan. <laughs> yeah, let's go to Japan. Let's make music. We want to go to Japan. So we did. So we were like, okay, we'll do like five traditional songs. And then we would get together. Were they, they cover, cover songs? They're covers. Like, uh-huh. They're harocho songs. Yeah, the harocho songs. Okay. We'll do traditional, our style. And then every time we came to practice, someone came with a different song. Like, hey, I wrote a song. Hey, I wrote a song. We're like, oh, cool. Oh. So by the end, we had 10 songs. Five cover, traditional. Five original. Our first album, we put it out. Uh, Daniel, who was part of the crew, was like, hey, uh, uh, if we go to a distribution company, $500, they'll send it to colleges all over. Wait, this is its, its time? This is its time. Wait, what? there's one before its time that we'll never, we don't think of, because yeah. it was a, a live recording at La Cita. Y'all know La Cita is a mess, and we were a mess. <laughs> That's another podcast. And like, nobody has that. <laughs> La Cita is a mess. <laughs> and so am I. <laughs> See, before Carla Morrison was Carla Morrison, she was... In a band. Babaluka. Uh-huh. Ow, I was going to do a quiz. She was in a band called Babaluka. Luca. I went to go see her. Babaluka. We went. We went to go see La Cita. Ten people. Ten people were in La Cita to see Babaluka. That was so good. And Such it was the first band. time I saw Karna. I said, you are amazing. And ultimately now, you know, fast forward, she went solo. She's amazing. She's amazing. Doing the thing. But we saw her like with ten people at La Cita. <laughs> You say you played with her at the Echo. I mean, that's a teeny tiny place that holds 200 people. Yeah. This was 10 years ago. I just got a Facebook reminder. No, I just got a Facebook reminder. Remember Facebook? And just recently, she sold out the Hollywood Bowl. You know, and she goes from that to the Hollywood Bowl selling it out, you know, in the summertime. Yes. Well, yes. and, and you guys go from not having a band to creating a band to making an album to going to Japan and to many more oh, countries. Oh, oh, oh. Went to Little Tokyo. No, no, no. The, so the short story is... Short story is... I'm trying to... Res- we to- never went to Japan. <laughs> what? But we started a band. <laughs> and you guys have albums now. And we have albums now. And, you know... We're all over the world. And, and we did two nights. And we done... Speaking of Hollywood Bowl, we did two nights at the Hollywood yeah. Bowl. Open it. Open up for those gyp- uh, the Gypsy Kings. Woo! Oh, you want to hear a funny they story? They got all mad at us. Of course we want to hear a funny story. Okay, this is like cheese time, They're right? Cheese mid time. Cheese mid time. Two sold out nights at the Hollywood Bowl. We open up for the Gypsy Kings. We play night one. We come out and we, we kill it. And okay. we have an amazing show. And, and we, got and we go off stage. And then they, they have they a conversation. Se enojaron, so, dude. Se the management of Los Gypsy Kings, they said, hey. You stole their, th- their thunder? They said, hey, for tomorrow's show, can you bring it, down, it down a little bit? <laughs> but another thing is that we came out with our banner that said, Yo no creo en fronteras, which is something like one of a part of our chorus for La Bamba Rebelde. So we just pulled out our banner, like, Yo no creo en fronteras. And, it was dope. And then they're like, don't, don't bring that out again. And then we. And what did we do? We came out of Oh my God. We go, bro, this ain't France, bro. This ain't Spain. This is LA. This is our barrio. Man, we came out. We came out even harder. And it was an amazing time. Shout out to the Hollywood Bowl. You know what I'm saying? For, for, inviting, for inviting Chicanos to join the stage. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of Chicanos now doing it, but it wasn't always a thing. Did y'all know that a Chicano band opened up for the Beatles at the Hollywood Bowl? What? It was a Chicano band. So the Beatles are coming to play at the Hollywood Bowl. And they asked, they, yes. What's they it asked John Lennon, who do you want to open for you? And John Lennon says, I want the Na 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 Boys. You know who the Na 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 Boys is? They had that song, Na 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 So that band is called Cannibal and the Headhunters. And they're a Chicano band from East LA. And they had that hit, and John Lennon said, I want them to open up for us. And they did that show, and then they broke up right after that. Oh. <laughs> well. Music history with Hector Flores. Hey, there you go. Hey, shout Profe. out to the Hollywood Profe. Profe. <laughs> hey. Call well, us. Well, man, you guys are following in the footsteps of so many great East LA bands. I mean, we're talking Los Lobos, we're talking The Midnighters, we're yes. talking, you know, also Motley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's so many great bands that, and a few of those we've already had on the podcast, including Carla Morrison yes. as well. And also Motley. 
and even if people don't come out of the east side, like they're inspired by an east side, like the east side culture, the east side landscape. I know y'all, y'all know that band Hermanos Gutierrez? Yeah. Of course. Right? They're from where? Ecuador. Sí. Su- born in Sweden. But, but when you look at them, who do they look like? They look like Chicanos sí. from the east side. They even, and even their pictures are at Cinco Puntos. In yep. more heights. Uh-huh. So, like, you can see, like, there, there's a... An influence. There's an influence politically, the organizing, and also the culture that comes out of the east side that, like, we, that we were inspired by come out of, but you also see how it impacts all over the world, you know? Wow. So, for those people who don't live in L.A. or listening to the podcast right now and have no idea what that means, describe the east side oh, of wow. L.A. Oh, Oh, my gosh. That's a great question. The east side is a vibrant, colorful place that is working to make sure that people understand that brown is beautiful, that there's not only one language being spoken in this country, that we got style, that we fly at AF, you know, and that we're powerful people who have a beautiful story and we're trying to tell it through our food, our music, our our cultura, and all that stuff you experience in these, and you have it in other places, but it's very much so in the East Está como concentrado en yeah. yeah, yeah, you know? Well, Talk about that message because you're 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 dancing around it a little bit, but talk about the message of Las Cafeteras. I would say we 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 met as organizers many, many years ago and fighting for justice. And if you ever meet anybody that fights for justice, there's something we all have in common that we've all experienced injustice, one way or another. Whether you identify as a woman, as a queer person, as a brown person, person of color, you know, like a All of us know what justice looks like and injustice looks like. Actually, let me take that back. We all know what injustice looks like, but we don't always know what justice looks like. And we kind of, and for us, like we've been, we've been on that journey trying to figure out what that looks like for us and how that transmits in our music. And so tonight, you know, we're going to share um, some, we're going to share a song from our new album that's Woo! called, you know, coming out next year. Yeah, uh, We're excited about that. Finally, um, indeed. Finally, right? And it's called A Night in Napanla. And um is a Nahuatl word, um, meaning the world in between. And um, Gloria Ansaldúa writes a lot about that, and she has a book called Borderlands. And in that, in that book, she talks about how as mestizos, raza, you know, like mixed peoples, we live in the world of the between, right? It's not a place you could see, but it's a place you could feel, you could hear, you could smell, and... I think when back in the day, we were very ashamed that we lived in that place. Because you want to be American. You want to be Mexican. You want to belong you wanna somewhere. Be, you want to belong. And, you know, I'm, I go to Mexico. No soy mexicano. I, I, over here, no soy americano, right? And, but now, 20 years later, this is our home. It's taken a long time for us to be able to, like, to feel content and proud and not in a place of like anger and defensiveness um and i think what we've also talked about like chicanismo and like you know what it means to it it's kind of like what i remember they said cafe it's not a place it's a state of mind i feel like when we talk about chicanismo like you don't have to be mexican you don't have to be latino latinx you don't have to come from parents that xyz to feel the way we feel and to feel like a shame to not be authentic, you know? And I think as, as, as I was growing up and my mom and my, my parents would, you know, call me a pocha and the shame that came with, with being called a pocha because that meant I wasn't good enough. That meant I never would be Mexican enough. Um, and I was so lost for words. I couldn't even speak in my, my language at that time. My first language is Spanish and then it was English, my primary language. In the house, we spoke Spanish only to our parents, but I didn't have the words, I didn't have the vocabulary, and I, I almost sometimes still don't to explain to my parents what it means and how it feels to be me, and how my mom still, like, remember when you hated being Mexican? And like, wow. how, do I under, how do I explain to her the context of what it feels like for a, a young brown girl from Southeast LA to have these messages around her that you're not supposed to be who you are, and then in your home be like castigada for, for not being enough of that, you know? And so as I came into my, you know, be, being Chicana and like my, my sister's five years older than me, she would always take me to like marches and she taught me what it was to be a feminist when I was like, like a little girl. And um, a lot of that came from anger. A lot of that came from like, you'll never understand me. And I think as I've settled in to to allowing joy and celebration that I've also like have a, I have a place of contentment 
and understanding that the in-between can be home and it doesn't have to be a, a, a place of limbo or floating and trying to, to be claimed, you know? And so I think in this album, we're really talking about I think we've, we've come to a really mature place of talking about those stories and not in a way that is like, this is, this is the way Chicanos talk about it. This is the way East LA talks about it. This is the way activists talk about it. You know, like we're not going to talk about love and we're not going to talk about peace. We're going to talk about la raza and like protests. Like, yes, we come from that. That's in us already. But we can talk about joy. We can dance and we can laugh and we can do all the things, you know? How- he was drunk before this. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, in the green room, she's like, oh my God, this, this interview is going to be so great. And then she sits down, she's like, profesora. <laughs> I am all the things. Like that, which, is, which is dope. I'm like watching, I'm like, weren't you drunk? Like, I'm still here. <laughs> Thank you, Makers Mark. Shout out, Makers Mark. <laughs> How do you translate, though, all of that feeling, all of those emotions, all of those questions? All of those colors into music. Because you even said now it was hard for me to express and maybe it's still hard for you to express mm. how that being in that place feels. So how do you even do that musically? You know, you know, one of my, I always share this, one of my favorite movies, my big fat Greek wedding. Okay. And I'm not Greek, <laughs> but I connect, I connected with that movie because it was so authentic. They weren't trying, like they were sharing Greek culture, right? Foods and tension. Um, and it was so dope because I saw a lot of those ha like cultural habits like in my family, but different, right? And so what my Big Fat Greek Wedding did was be very authentic to their story because when you're authentic to your story, we're all human. So people connect. We connect. So yeah. when you're actually telling real stories that are about you and your family and the, and the things you deal with as a human, all humans We deal with those things. And I think it's when we start, when we're trying not to be ourselves. I think that's sort of like, you know, something's hit, something's happened. But for the most part, that I think that's, we become much better songwriters and storytellers. You know, like I remember the first album you listen to, like our first album, we're, we're very like, yo no soy por la guerra. Yo no soy de la migra. It was just very, you know, and then now like we have it's songs we called. It's who we were. It's who we were in those we were. times, yeah. And sure. then we have now like a song called La Sirena, which is about falling in love with somebody from another world. Like, you ever meet somebody like, yo, you, you're from a, man, like, I, you live in a different world than I do. I love you, but I know this love can never be, you know? And so, like, we just, and using the story of a sirena, like falling in love with a mermaid, as a way to talk about forbidden love. You know, like, I think just, we've just grown as songwriters and been a lot more, you know, intentional Um, and that just takes time. Right. This is our only our third album, and I we've been together 10 years. I, I know you guys have been together for <laughs> such a long time. Yeah, no, so because some of fans, you have us waiting. Yeah, yeah, I'm waiting. But it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I mean, you, you know, one of my favorites is Long Time it's Coming. Long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you guys have the song Long Time Coming, and oh, that's, yeah. what this, that's what this is. But you guys, you know, the line of culture. And politics sometimes gets very blurred, especially with the Latino community. Mm. And you guys obviously hit hard with and talking about things like the Dream Act and you know, Black Lives Matter, yeah, migrant farm workers, queer justice, trans justice, feminism. Yeah. You know, but what would somebody like Cesar Chavez say about your music these days? Oh my gosh. I, w I would be like, hope that oh, that's what you think right there. That's it right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that was great. If you started with Chance, he said, That was good. You know, oh, speaking of Chavez, uh, Dolores Huerta uh, is our homegirl. Lo is lo like, we saw her in Indi um, New Haven, Connecticut. She was doing a conference. And we were at the same festival. It was like a literary literature festival. But we played the next day. She came to our show. She was front row. Danced the done. entire set. Woo. That woman is 91 years old. And, uh, and like Dolores, a big fan. And after that show, she was like, hey, you want to go to Texas? Wow. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm supporting Beto and building, building a campaign. And I want you to come. And so we get, Dolores, you tell us. We'll go wherever you want All us right. to go. Yeah. And, but like... What would, you know, Dolores digs our music, so I think, like, Chavez would, would have also liked yeah. our music, you know? He's yeah, he's down. Yeah, he's down. I think he'd be down. I think he'd be down. You know, you guys, in those 10 years, they've only released two albums. They're going on their third. The Secret Lacito. Pero es, it's also because you guys don't stop touring. Yes. Thank so. You. Thank you. How is touring life? Because right. I think a lot of people have this 
fake idea that it's very glamorous and that it's very beautiful and flowing and how cool that you get to go to all these cities. Yes, there's, it's cool that you can, can go to some of these cities, but most of the time you can't even be there for more than like the show time. Yeah. So how is touring life? We, we've almost broken up many times because of tour. Um, <laughs> we, have, we have now a group therapist. We have a band therapist. Um, that yeah. I think we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our band therapist. I applaud. Yeah, that you know, so. <laughs> that's smart. Uh, no, it wasn't. Real. It wasn't our decision. <laughs> we were gonna break up. <laughs> yeah. But I remember, um, you know, we kind of we came up with like Santa Cecilia and Chicano Batman and all them. I remember Eduardo from Chicano Batman. They finished like they did like a three month tour, and it was it was dope to see that happen. They came back home, and I I ran into Eduardo at. And I said, hey, hey, how was tour? And he gave me the most honest answer, and it made so much sense. He said, it is unnatural to be with, it's unnatural to be with the same people for that concentrated amount of time. Like, it's not natural for people to, like, be together that much, and I wouldn't recommend that for anybody, <laughs> you know? And it's, and it's, but it's, like, when you're in a band, like you're in a bus, you're in a, not a bus, but you're in a car and you like eat together, you sleep together, you like eat, you know, you shit together, you like, you do, <laughs> you know, like you do everything together for 24 hours and touring, 10% of touring is playing music. 90% is Aguantándonos. hanging out. And I'm like, yo, bro, I've heard that joke four times. It's not funny no more. Right? <laughs> He's all talking in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's, it's not, I could see, I remember um, there was a band called At The Drive-In. Yeah. Who became Mars Volta. Yeah. But I remember At The Drive-In, they broke up and they, they sent out a, an email and about why they were breaking up. And this is before we started touring. Um, and I was just a fan. And they said they're breaking up. One of the reasons, extreme exhaustion. Wow. And I remember thinking like, I just remember thinking like, bro, all you're doing is playing music. You, you're living the life. You go from city to city and you play to pack shows. You're living the life. Why, like, would, why like, the hell are you complaining? What are you complaining about? Malagradecido. And then, <laughs> and then you see, and then you be like, oh, there's Avicii who committed suicide at 27. Right. There's, the, there's the singer of Linkin Park, right? Whether you like the band or not, one of the most successful projects playing all over the world, making money successful, not happy. So it, it, for me, it's like touring is not the goal. It's, it's about like we, us figuring out what makes us happy, why we're here. And if you're not clear about that, then this other path will, will appear that could take you down, you know, a, a rabbit hole that is just, you'll never be able to, you know, you never, you never get full. That's yeah. crazy because it's that kind of catch-22 now when you're talking about, okay, how are you going to make music? You make music from the gigs, hmm. you know, but we've talked about this quite a bit. Mental health in the music industry is something that wasn't really talked about back then. So I'm sure a lot of those bands that were kind of opening the doors for you guys probably didn't have what you guys have now, where it's yeah. somebody who was looking after you guys. And the thing is that we didn't grow up with even like that as an option, like accessible, um, even being able to talk to someone about how you feel, right? Always does look at like, you know, you can't, yeah, you can't be diagnosed with anything. And a lot of people don't know, but I'm a clinical social worker. I have my master's in clinical social work. I used to be a therapist. Hey. 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 Clink, clink, clink. Salud. Hey. Salud. Hey. <laughs> but it's not something we grew up with. And so even though we learned about this later in life and we talk about it, it isn't easy for us. Right. As individuals, in a collective, with, with someone we've dated. So there's so many layers, right? And then you make something that you offer to the world, to strangers you don't know. And to be a good artist is to bear your soul, you know, and hope that it makes a moment of magic where someone can connect with you. And that's not always easy either because then you get off the stage and then you talk to people. And the beautiful thing is that there's trust enough to, to have people like share with you their secrets, sus penas, like the beautiful things in their lives, why this music makes sense to them. And that's not always easy either, right? And so the touring, like the logistics of it all is really hard. Me and Leah, when Leah was still in the band, we were just like, we're ladies, we're gonna get a hotel now. Like we are not gonna be sardines in some bro's apartment, it's gross. 
Yeah, this was nasty. It was like all kinds of hair on everything. Like, no. And so part of it is us feeling like, oh, we can get hotels for ourselves. Oh, we can give ourselves per diems to have real meals. Oh, we don't have to rough it. Like, we don't have to be starving artists. And part of that is being okay to say, the work I do also is, it has monetary value. Yes. I want to be able to buy a house. Yeah. I want to be able to own something yeah. for myself, you know? And so, and it's like the, the, the fight between like selling out, you know, and then also being like, no, like I, am a, I have value. What I bring to the world has value and I should be able to live comfortably and the people I come from should be able to see that as an example, yes. you know? Especially music. I feel like music is the art form that we most listen to, but the art form that we least pay, pay for. Mm. And that's why I'm always, and we say this on the podcast all the time, buy their merch, share their music, buy downloads, like go to the concerts, lo que puedan. Because in all sincerity, it is, think about it. Like we listen to music all the time. You're in an elevator, you're at the dentist for free, <laughs> you know, and it's like, You guys enhance our lives through your art. So I'm glad that you guys realize the value of it. But it took a lot of courage to do that, too, and a lot of probably therapy. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot. So you really have time. a band therapist? Walk us through what a therapy session with I a band... I hate you, Hector! <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, you, <laughs> We're going to reenact it. Are you all together? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Group, it's group therapy. It's group therapy. And then and me and Denise, one-on-ones, yeah. Denise, me, we've done our one-on-ones with the same therapist who like knows the dynamic and then right. we're able to have that. I think that was a really great, big breakthrough, us having individual with the group. That was great. Um, and then, you know, Cano, I'm, we, we've known each other since we're 20, you know, and now, we're, four, now we're 40, 41, 42, yeah. you know, and so like it's... Uh, I mean, you just hang out, just think about like all the little things that are... Like we didn't choose to be... In this band, we kind of just naturally became together. So there's a lot of things we love about each other, and there's just a lot of things we don't like about each other. Right. And we have to talk it out sometimes. So like now, we used to, for example, we used to have go in one car, but we have vegetarians and we have meat eaters. We have people who like to stay out late and people want to leave early. So like that shit would be a fight. <laughs> so now we rent two cars. You know, now all the, you know, the backstage food is vegetarian friendly. You know, like there's this little, it's like at the end of the day, it's like it's respect and like little things. And catering to everyone. Yeah. Get everybody feels heard and seen. And now when we, when we hire people to join us, now we have like, there's three core, me, Denise, and Jose Cano, who are like the core. And then we have hired guns. And um, we ask them like, what, when you go on tour, what do you need in the morning to feel good? And they're like, oh, I don't need anything. No, no, no. What do you need in the morning to feel good? And they're like, oh, I, I, do, I need to have breakfast. And some people don't. They just need a coffee. Great. Like, we just, it's very like, what do you need in order to feel good as a, as a musician? Because I need you to be amazing. Right. And so I, I want to take care of you. But, like, people don't talk about, like, what they need. They're like, yo, I'm down. Let's hit the road. I'm like, <laughs> no. But also, like, when you're upset, how will I know? Do you want me to talk to you? Do you need space? You know, like you start just knowing the person. Or after we'll play, a lot of times we used to get off, like we'd do a big show, we get off and right away if something went wrong, I'm like, yo, you went off key, blah, blah, blah. And so now we don't do that. After a show, we don't talk about it. You know, digest it, let it go, like, bring it up later. Your email. Like, it's, it's, it's like little things. <laughs> you send an email right away. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's, you know, that's kind of the thing. We, there, was, there was a similar talk about that when we uh, chatted with those Omotli. Same thing. It's like, come on, just play the part right, you know, or this and that. And then, but then, same thing, the evolution of the band. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys nervous because you're putting an album out? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. That's scary. If, if you're not nervous about what you're doing. You don't care. You know, if you're not scared, then you ain't, you ain't, you're not living, you're not pushing yourself. And where's that fear coming from? I sound like the therapist. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I calling like my mom. We, <laughs> when we started playing music, we were like beginning. I feel like fun. It, was for it was fun. It was cool. I feel like, oh, this is the beginning. This, like this album, I'm, this, this is the start. Like I feel like I'm, you, when you go to the top of one mountain, it's the bottom of the next. I feel like I'm at the bottom of the next mountain, mm. but it's like a new evolution. Like we're, if you heard us five years ago, we're like a totally different band. Like we're, we're just like, 
We are a different people. We're different musicians. We have different stories. Some people are like, oh, I saw you back in the day. If you saw us before pandemic, you didn't, then we don't know each other. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we just don't know each other. And so, like, because we, we've, we've, we've moved on, we've evolved, and I think that was great for us, we're much more it's honest It's a little deeper this time. Yeah, I but think yeah. there's a lot more, like, um, the genres are very fluid, you know? And I think, for me, I think in the beginning, I was really, it was really important to me that someone like my, par- like my parents would be able to, like, understand and feel, like, represented and feel proud. Um, and I think I, I came back into myself and I'm like, what is the story? What are the stories I want to say and tell and that I don't usually? Why, what is it going to sound like? Like when I was growing up, I was a super like riot girl and I loved um, trip hop and all the sad girl shit. You know, like I just want to cry all day. And I'm like, why don't I make music that I like to cry to? And I think in this one, we're able to say like, how do you see yourself? in the music like how do you feel it how do you see it how are you saying it and I think this album is a lot more mature in that way and a lot more honest a lot a lot more raw but I also think it's a lot more musically mature because of um our our bassist is also our musical director and also producing this album shout out to Moises shout out to Moises and he, yeah. you know, he's been in multiple bands, led multiple bands. One of my favorite bands, Los Abandoned. He's a bassist then. And so I just think he's able to see, you know, the magic in each of us and blend it together and say, like, you will see yourself in each song. It's going to be a little different, you know, but I think I'm excited because it doesn't sound like anything that we've done before. Well, I'm excited because yeah. I'm excited to listen to that evolution. And you when said is that, that going to happen? When is February it's next 2024? Year, right? Yeah, February, February. Yeah. February 2024. Maybe March. February. Okay. Okay. Maybe April. February. February. We're going to hold you to that. <laughs> but you said you guys are going to sing one of the songs one, one, Yeah, tonight. one song will be on okay. that one. Yeah. Just make sure to announce it when you... When no, 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 no. 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 You're going to know. You're going to know. Please give it up for Las Cafeteras, everybody. You know, we, we can sit and talk with you guys for hours we because we love your story. We love what you guys stand for and how you guys are really progressive. You know, talking about the culture, talking about the future of music and not just, just your energy. Yeah, the energy. So, yeah. Yeah. so we're, we have a bin of like questions that Jasmine, people have uh, written guys, down. Did you guys all fill out one of the. Bring those over. Bring those over. Bring those Pass over. it over. Cards. You guys filled these out? One of these out? Yeah. Oh, nice. All right, let Denise pull out the first one. <laughs> so this is our special way of doing a different Q&A. Okay. Oh. Artist so, participation. Pick one. And then, Denise, if you can, read the question first. Oh. They're all great. We don't need to screen them. <laughs> My bra size is... Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It says, how do you overcome creative blocks? Does it say who? Uh, Trisha? Ooh, Trisha. Trisha. Oh, yeah. Trisha. Yeah. You had one? So, um, I'm married to a very amazing woman who, uh, Ooh, who works at, for the Hollywood Bowl in LA Field. She runs the Ford Theater in Los Angeles. And, beautiful um, venue, beautiful venue. And, you know, because I travel a lot and tour a lot, when I come home, I don't want to go out that much. Um, but at, at the venue, at the, at the ball in the fourth, there's amazing artists. And sometimes I just don't want to go. And she always tells me, if you want to be the best, you need to see the best. Ooh. And so if you're having writer's block, then you need to get out of your house and you need to go see artists. Go to a poetry night. Go see a movie. Go to like, go see a live show. Guaranteed. Once you see other artists putting out their soul and their heart, it, it's going to inspire you as an artist to be like, okay. Let's do it. So, like, a lot of times, right, when people talk about writer's black, what do I do? What do I do? It's not just, maybe it's not just what you do, but it's like, what do you got, you, who do you go see? Right. And you got to go see other artists, and just ultimately that's going to, like, we, as artists, we see each other. We understand what it feels like, and, and the nervousness, and the anxiety, and the fear, and when you see someone doing it, regardless, that block opens up, and it just starts, and not every, not every idea is amazing. That's another yeah. thing. Like, it's not like, oh, the song you write is going to be dope. Or the, whatever you do, like, the worst idea is going to sprout another idea. And they, they're just going to keep on making it. So, like, if you only have one idea, then, then you're, like, all your anxiety is like, oh, this thing has to be great. But if you have, like, 15, 20 ideas, 
the pressure's off. You're like, yo, I got a bunch of stuff. I have a lot of stuff going on here. And so, like, you don't put that pressure on you. So, like, get out of the house, go see artists, and don't try to make something perfect. Just Sometimes do. you have to let the critique yeah. be the teacher. Yeah, yeah. So, Let's the critique or the criticism can be your biggest teacher. Yesterday, I was recording um, vocals for like the hundredth time to the song Caravana that's on the new album. And Moises kept trying to push me to sing a different, not a different melody, but just have a different emotional intention. And I was like, I can't, I can't anymore. Like, this is all I have. It, I've done this so much, this is what it's supposed to be. And so he's like, I feel like that this is a tip of what you can do. He's like, call your mom right now. And I was like, what? Like, no, because the, the verse is about um, my mother says this about her land and this is how she feels. And he's like, what do you know about your mother's story? And I'm like, well, they wanted to be back for a while, but now they're fine being here. They've lived here longer and I think they're over it, you know? And he, we call my mom. And he's like, senora, you know? <laughs> She's like, she got all scared. He's like, senora, like, t- tell us about, go back to the time when you came. She was 19 years old. She's from Jalisco. She was living in Mexicali. And she moved to South Central. She was in South Central till, till she got married with my dad. And um, she, like, transported back to the time, to the feeling, to how what she thought, what she misses, and how, and he's like, how do you feel now? And he's, she's like, it never goes away. And then he made me sing the verse to her in the chorus, a cappella, and I was crying and I was singing and crying to her. And he's like, feel what she just said and put that in your words. And it changed everything. Wow. And sometimes when you block yourself, you need the people around you to like, you need the feeling, right? You need a breakthrough. And so sometimes it's the critique, the criticism, because I was blocked by, I'm not perfect. I'm not doing it good. I can't do anymore. I was done. And he's like, get out of your head. Let's call your mom. Call your mom. That's my answer. Call your mom. (laughs) (laughs) One more. Hector, you want to pick one? Did you pick a winner? Of course. What do you like most about your life as musicians? And what do you dislike most about this lifestyle? Uh-uh. Great question. Yeah, that's a great question. You want to go first, Carlos? Does it say who wrote it? No, no. Okay. Anonymous. Anonymous. Mm. We have a lot of mystery people yes. here. Uh, my favorite part... Be real. Be real. Like, keep it real? Keep it real. My favorite part is that it's, it's all up to me. And my least favorite part is that it's all up to me. So... There it is. (laughs) I love that my life right now is is about being a creative. Um, For 10 years, I was an organizer. I worked at a nonprofit. I did organizing in East Los Angeles in the high schools, and I loved it. And I loved it. But it was just campaign after campaign after campaign. And, like, I, I... I'm a person who... I love to be loud. I love to, like, do poetry. I love to share. I love to listen. And so I love that my life has become that. Um, what I dislike the most about this lifestyle, it is the, is that I, I, I'm constantly insecure and I don't have the best voice. I'm not the best musician and I'm very honest about that, but that I, this lifestyle means you have to be in front of people and perform and you have to fight that insecurity all the time. And it's, 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 it's heavy. It's heavy, and like I, I laugh and I make jokes, but it, it's a heavy thing. Um, but it's the price I pay to be able to to create and be a creative. And so, you know, it's it's a it's catch twenty two. You know, and I, as long as I'm here, I'm gonna be insecure, but that's okay. You know, like that's part of the job. And if I can get through it, then other people then feel maybe they could do it too if they want to be a creative. Like, it's not gonna stop me. You know. It really makes you guys inspirations to many, dude. I've seen you guys so many times, and yeah, you leave with such an on an emotional high after your music. It's Cute, huh? so fun. It is. It's it so totally fun. is. It okay, totally do we have time for one more? Okay. One more. One more. We'll one do more. one more. One more. One more. But we'll do short answers. Short answers. Short answers. Lightning round. Yes. Boom, boom, boom. You a short answer? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Come on, thank Victor. you. <laughs> Everything about me short. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay. Mm-mm-mm. What's. Yes, I'm screening. 
What song would you choose as your 2024 theme song by Carolina? Caroline. 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 What would be the 2024 theme song? Ooh, all right. That's a good, yeah. That's a good one. Sounds amazing in there. <laughs> I think it's uh, for me, it's Kendrick Lamar. We're going to be all right. Uh, that's a good one. Hey, Dot. Denise? I'm so bad. I'm still listening to the same stuff I was listening no, to. Oh, you in. love Yaritza. <gasps> I do love Yaritza. Anything Yaritza sings, I just want to cry. Yeah. <laughs> Is that? Oh, it's okay. Sing it. Uh, <laughs> I'm shy. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I think about share, share once, we play. About once we play. Once we play, yeah. Well, you guys, thank you so much for being part Ay, of Vida You know, you always have our love and support and respect, and we're mm -hmm. so happy you're here and that you got to share your story in such an authentic way. Hey, I love it. This because this is what I love about you guys your authenticity and just the way that you are so invested in connecting with people and you do that through storytelling so thank yes, you yes. Orale. thank you gracias yes. familia thank you so much give it up for so, Las Cafeteras there you have it, guys. Denise and Hector from Las Cafeteras. We're so excited for, for their new album release this year, finally. So be on the lookout for that. Remember to support Artistas Latinos and also for supporting us. Thank you for supporting us. Yeah. Yeah. We and we need it. more support. We need more reviews. If you listen to the podcast, if you subscribe to the podcast, hey, just drop a little message. Push the little five star button. And you know what was really cool also that I got to give it up to them is we're talking about a new album to come from Las Cafeteras. And in the future, if you want to be at one of these events, like Billy said, send us a message, stay in touch, connect with us via Instagram at Billy Rolo La Musica. And you know what was cool is they played one of the new songs. Yes, that's and it was so good. And everybody was asking about it immediately. When I heard it, I'm all like, oh, this is the new song. And yes. I want to play that song on the radio. Yay! It is that good. Now, obviously, we're excited for the new record and really about sharing more of these great stories with fantastic artists. So hopefully we can see you at an upcoming Billy Rola La Musica en Vivo presentado por Makers Mark at the Gibson Showroom and you can be in the house. Oh my God. Seriously, it's a fun night. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening. Please spread the word. If you like what we do, follow us on Instagram, follow us on YouTube. We're going to be more active this year and posting interviews on YouTube. So you'll get that visual side as well from the podcast and pendientes because February we start our next season. We're into our fifth year of Pili Raúl en la Música. Season seven of Pili Raúl en la Música just around the corner. So we are super excited. 2024, big, big plans. Once again, feliz año nuevo to everybody. And of course, you Pili Montilla. I wish you Raúl and everybody who's listening to us a year full of Health, wealth, fun, música en vivo, dancing, and just enjoying life. Los queremos. Thanks for listening. Hasta luego. Bye-bye. Ciao. -bye.